0: Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, baby. Back at it again. It's another Can't Stop, Won't Stop situation here. NFL Draft Bible Radio. It's the 2019 Pac 12 Prospect Preview Show. There's NFL preseason in the air. We're on location across the nation at the various NFL training camps. Player Spotlight Show interviews on the Block Talk Radio. Man, it's a good time to talk some football, and that's what we're going to do here today with your host, Rick Saratella. You know, telling it like it is when it comes to the NFL draft. Since 2002, it's what we do, baby. Um, Check us out, nfldraftbible.com. Today's show is brought to you by Pressure Sportswear. Check out our good folks at PressureSportswear.com Can you handle the pressure? I know we can I know my co-hosts can, Justin Gamble and Joe Everett, they'll be joining me in just a second to break down the Pac-12 and we'll uh, get into all kinds of hot topics I'm sure we'll have some hot takes uh, and all that good stuff Get ready, buckle up It's a double chin strap kind of day here on the NFL Draft Radio Show and if you're um Just joining us for the first time, we've already broken down the SEC, ACC, B1G. Today is the Pac-12. We've got a couple more shows before the season gets started underway. Week zero, just I think two weekends away, Uh, we'll get the Big 12 preview show in there. But just to um, recap, last year SEC did lead all conferences with 53 players drafted ACC was next with 45. Uh, Big 10 was 32. Pac-12 was 30. Big 12 was 20. So Pac-12 with 30 guys drafted this past year, including uh, 12 players selected in the top 100. Washington leading the way with five players selected. And, of course, a little new flavor this year with uh, Chip Kelly returning to the sidelines there in UCLA, uh, Herm Edwards, of course, joining the fray um, at the Arizona State Sun Devils. Herm, hopefully, he knows he learned the mascot since the uh, media day introduction. Um, so we'll talk quarterbacks. There's some interesting quarterbacks in this conference. Khalil Tate being a bust out guy. Justin Herbert, a guy you've heard Justin talk about over from Oregon. Jake Browning, a guy who was hyped up earlier on in his career and maybe has fallen a little bit off the mountain. I have a great sleeper for you at quarterback later in the show. Uh, we'll also discuss some of the returning players who we thought might declare, declare a year ago. Uh, Trey Adams, the offensive lineman from Washington, obviously had the injury, but Bryce Love, the Stanford running back, and Cameron Smith, the USC linebacker, I think are two players that a lot of folks thought would be selected in the first round. And we'll, and we'll throw that topic around a little bit if they made the right, right call or wrong call uh, in terms of returning. Now, you can't knock a Stanford education, but I'm not sure. They, are these guys really going to improve their draft stock? Uh, can they hurt their draft stock? We'll get into all that and more with Joe Everett, with Justin Gamble. Of course, Justin always oh, fumbling around or the call-in number, so we'll have him in just a second. But Joe's never late to the show because he never leaves the stone unturned. He's out there in Indianapolis getting his groove on, Joe. The summer's almost over, my man. We got preseason football. How goes it?
1: Oh, it's great. Uh, Just, you know, getting a little flavor for the Pac-12. I'm I have to start the show with an omission from last week. Uh, Blake Hentz, the left tackle, Northwestern, last four – well, he will be a four-year starter for the Wildcats. I can't believe I spaced that last week, dude. So, already, listeners, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm minus one, but hopefully make up for that count as the show goes on.
0: <laughs> already, already losing sleep. Over that omission from last week's show You never know Joe never leaves a stone unturned You can follow him on Twitter At Joe W. Everett Of course you can follow us on Twitter At NFL Draft Bible We'll have Justin in just a moment And uh, oh by the way You know we take questions on this show I, I you know Do a poor job getting the call in number Out to the listeners So it is a live show If you do want to call in You have a draft question You have an NFL question Hey I've been at Giants camps a few times. I know uh, Justin was out at the Broncos training camp. you want to talk anything football at all, call us up, 347-945-6275, 347 uh, 6275 Joe, before we go into the players, let's talk about the coaches. Herm Edwards, Chip Kelly joining the fray here in the Pac-12, definitely adding some excitement and life into the conference. Your thoughts?
1: Oh, you know, I'm looking forward to Chuck with Chip Kelly being back in college football. I think the things I've been reading (laughs) about him should be really interesting, like what he's been doing with his time off who he's been seeing you know he went to New Mexico with Bob Davey and their Russian offense and you know he's just grilling him. why did you lead the nation that one year I mean what is it about how you're doing things and how you approach he spent time in Annapolis with coach Kenny Niamatololo and just you know your triple option why is it so effective what are you teaching these guys and uh, I mean I lost count of all the coaches he named off uh, that he spent time with, and it was namely rushing offenses and having success on that end as opposed to pass and I think that's what a lot of people forget about chip Kelly is how effective he was at running the ball, you know guys that were in the ended up in the league, Ken John Barner ended up in the league, but well, Michael James maybe not, but Royce Freeman now in the league like these were all his his guys, and those are I think the top three career rushers in Oregon history you know it's uh, this guy likes running the ball, so I think people that you know come into this ucla brewing Oh boy looking for the fireworks in the passing yeah, i think uh man i don't want to break into the guy yet but their running back is probably poised for a big season they got a couple of rushers in a pretty decent line i'd not be surprised if they kind of uh, grind it out and then yeah but both those arizona schools i don't know what they did they did it late in the game and uh we'll see how kevin Sumlin and herm do
0: yeah, I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, the impact. And, you know, that's why I love you, Joe. You ask a simple question and get a complex answer. Who would have known he would have dropped so much knowledge in just a short period of time? That's just what we do here on the NFL Draft Bible. Um, bring you the names you need to know first since 2002. now we're talking 2019 Pac-12 prospect preview. And, Joe, let's get into the uh, big dogs. Um, how about top seniors we talked about some of the returning players but uh in terms of draft eligible players that we know for sure will be in this year's draft class who do you
1: like it for me it's the guy you brought up at the top trey adams Uh, i know he uh, injured most i think it was the seventh game and i'm pretty sure i just saw it uh earlier this morning kind of brush up on adams game i think it was arizona state just got turned around, took a misstep. And uh, I think he ripped that knee up pretty good. But the footage we have from him before this, I think, you know, started as a true freshman, that's legitimate left tackle prospect. And I I guess I shouldn't say left. It doesn't matter what side these days, but that guy can be put on an island is is what we've seen. I think the length, the balance, the footwork, it looks really solid. But what speaks up to me is – the hands, man. Like he's got great base strength. He moves dudes, and I, I think he's smooth enough with the the kick slide and pass pro that it's going to work. But I know he's pro ready in the run game, and uh, for me, he's the top rated senior in, in the conference. Just because I'm convinced he's going to return to form. I mean, it's, he's got to prove it to some teams this year. They're going to want to know that his knee's right, but. That's a first-day pick. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think in April, he might be the first tackle off the board. So he just looks like a pro to me when I when I turn it on. 72, uh, Washington this year. I think that's he, – he's the best player on the team to me. So, and I think also the noticeable decline in the Huskies you saw on offense when he left the field. They've got another tackle, uh, Caleb McGarry, and he stayed on the right side even after Trey Adams was hurt. So I think he's kind of a right tackle, might end up kicking inside to guard. But he's also another good player on that offensive line. But 72 to me for the Huskies, that, he, he's the best player on the roster. And then uh, Bryce Love, I know a lot of people are upset he came back. And what are you doing wasting your your, your miles on your car, you know, basically. But – I think the guy wants more than that. I think he he was so close to that Heisman last year. That's what he's really hungry for. And I think the other reason, not just that trophy, he he thinks, and maybe it's foolish, but he thinks this team is close to getting that college football playoff. He wants to win a Natty. I don't know that that's going to happen, but so be it. If if that's what he's all about, then he's basically told us. And really, NFL wise, uh, for people saying he's the first back off the board. I'd argue against that. I'm looking at a souped-up version of Duke Johnson here. Now, I I love me some Duke Johnson. Ain't nothing wrong in the world with Duke Johnson, but was he a first-round pick at the end of the day? Not really. I I don't see a a total prototype NFL back. I see a satellite guy that's going to be a really good satellite guy, but that's the extent of it to me, and I think the reason he comes back is he may even see it in the writing. Like, I'm a better college football player, then I will be at the next level and let me max this out. So I don't blame him for that. And then uh, Cam Smith, I think, yeah, you were dead on. That's, uh, what is he now, four-year starter? Potentially. I know he's led the team in tackles, like total leader. He's a future Mike Backer. I think he's a returning captain, too, and Sam Darnold's roommate, I think, the last two years, for whatever that's worth. But, uh, yeah, Cam Smith, he's the real deal. And then they've got another player, uh, Porter Gustin, that edge rusher, uh, looks the part. Mm. I mean, this first first dude off the bus, workout warrior type of guy, I, I think he missed maybe all last season, but... He'll be back. He's kind of a high cut. He's a little stiff mood mover, but I think that's a guy he sets the edge. He has another big season. He's one of those. He'll, he'll show up uh, at the Combine. He'll look all, all bulked up, uh, you know, ripped out, and he'll start impressing people. And then my there's – there's a lot of good seniors in this class, but the last one I'll close it out with would be that uh, Oregon pass rusher, Jalen Jelks. Um, I'm not sure what we've got on him. I don't see that he's twitchy enough yet, but there's uh, just the measurables. The triangle numbers are clearly there. Uh, I'd like to see him use his hands a little bit better to shed those blocks, but raw talent uh, that's that jokes from Oregon. He looks like he's going to be a player.
0: All right. So, uh, there you go, Joe, just dropping the names on us. And, uh, got just got interrupted with a message from Justin saying he won't be able to make the show, but we carry on. It's all good. My friend will maybe try to get your thoughts up in an article on the NFL draft com. But yeah, you know, uh, Jalen jokes is a guy I'll save because, you know, that's going to lead me into another guy I'm going to talk about, but yeah, Bryce love cam Smith. We already said uh, Trey Adams, all these guys, potential first rounders a year ago. And you talk about, that um, USC linebacker do I, I mean, you, you know, obviously We'll see where Porter Gustin is Coming off that injury uh, But 13 tackles for a loss Five and a half sacks as a sophomore The 11 sacks his first Two seasons there at uh, USC playing alongside Cam Smith, I mean Pick your poison, that's going to be a he- Heck of a duo, now you mentioned Bryce Love, Joe, is, is chasing The Heisman, chasing the national Championship Just a random question here, you know, some people like Washington, others think maybe Stanford in the North Division. Uh, I would think USC is probably the consensus in the South Division. Are are any of these teams worthy of this uh, college football playoff championship? And, hey, who knows, that whole scandal going down in Ohio State, that might open the door for another team to jump into the college football playoff conversation. But do you see – a national championship caliber football team in this
1: conference? It'd have to come out of the north, and it'd be Washington or Stanford. Uh, I just don't think Washington got the firepower wide receiver. They got that uh, Chico McClatcher potentially coming back. He missed all last year with an injury himself, so he's a potential breakout, uh, kind of in that John Ross mold, but they're going to miss Dante Pettis. I was watching some Washington the last couple of days, and it's just seeing how many plays that Pettis made. It's that that impact not only on offense but special teams will be missed. Um, uh, yeah, it's just going to be tough. They still have Miles Gaskin and his awesome spin moves. For days, he's he's uh, really impressed with what he does. But yeah, I think Stanford sneaks out. Uh, they make it to the Pac-12 title game this this they're going to be a really dangerous crew so uh, I think that would be my pick or that's that's open to debate and uh, even if they, they make it out of the end of the conference battle Uh, they may just have two SEC teams in it again. And if Georgia and Alabama are back in it, I'm not complaining. Georgia's returning one hell of a team. I mean, they're losing some defense, but that offense is intact outside of running back. But, oh, wow, is Georgia going to hurt for running back recruits? Never. So I think they'll be just fine. You know, Alabama is going to be ready to dance again. So, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I, I I would say none of them make it if I had to ballpark it now. But if I had to pick one, I do like the Cardinal this year. I think they're going to be strong. Hmm. Okay,
0: we shall see. Uh, yeah, Georgia also not hurting at the quarterback position. You can argue they have two potential NFL right. signal callers there. Uh, but this is the Pac-12 preview show. This is what we do here on NFL Draft Bible Radio. We break break down the prospects. Um getting you ready for the NFL preseason action tonight. Uh you know, a very exciting time of the season. So make sure you check out all of our preview shows archived archived here on the com. Of course, we're over on iTunes. Um you mentioned Miles Gaskin, Joe. He's another senior prospect running back, a guy uh, who could potentially be taken in the middle rounds, maybe the top 100? How do you see his draft prospects as a uh, pro prospect?
1: Oh, I, I like Gaskin a lot. Uh, just really good in space, as I mentioned. Like he's he's just got a killer spin move. He anticipates it so well, gets back around on the 360. Uh, he's also a really good receiver, and how diminutive he is, he runs behind his pads well, and he's just tough to get a lick on. Uh, he's just like this small, little low-leverage uh, runner, so that's what's in his favor, like kind of the MJD role where he can hide behind his blockers really well, totally elusive, that, that that's his game, but... Another cat that, yeah, that's working in the Pac-12, but, you know, how many licks on this Tootsie Roll pop until we reach the the candy center, you know? Like, I don't know how much he's going to last in the league. This is another guy very much in the Bryce Love role that's, uh, I think, kind of stuck on the satellite. And and how much you pay for that and cost at draft? Is that worth the day two pick even? Because when we look at last year's draft, the guys that got taken, you know, Karrion Johnson, I think he's ready for a few carries. That's a big old boy, Darius Geis, this That's a pretty stocky, what, 220, 225 kid. You know, I, you're not worried about the amount of carries that the guys that ended up getting drafted in day two. Like, if you're a satellite, you, you better be Christian McCaffrey, man. You better be Reggie Bush. You better be somebody to get drafted real high. So I think mm-hmm. that's where – Gaskin's stock is going to be hurt a little bit, knowing that he's mostly passing game impact, and then he's going to give you some carries. But ultimately, a back that you're going to want to spell. Yeah,
0: definitely a change of pace kind of guy. Uh, you know, I think he's about five nine, five nine and a half, under two hundred pounds. So uh, maybe he slides into day three, and, and then you start thinking about a guy like Miles Gaskin and. You know, just another interesting side note. You mentioned Darius Geis. I'm sure we have a lot of fantasy football players here. And, you know, uh, the Redskins releasing their depth chart this week. Darius Geis is fourth on the depth chart. And you say, hey, well, you know, he's a rookie. It's, you know, you got to earn your spot. Well, not so fast, my friend, because over on the defensive side, Deron Payne, also a rookie, listed with the first team, Joe. So, um, you know, I know it's the Pac-12 preview show, but because you brought up Darius Geis and I thought it was so peculiar, are you concerned about him winning that starting job or is this just a uh, motivational ploy?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. You look at Washington under Jake Gruden, he's always liked to use these two backs, man. I mean, whether it was uh, Matty Jones and Chris Thompson, and that name haunts fantasy owners for life, Chris Thompson, because he's oh, always yeah. going to get his third down work, you know. like You can't take him out of that passing game. He's too good, number one. Uh, The one issue, though, I'll bet you Chris Thompson listed, but I don't know that he's practiced. That uh, injury he had from last year, if it's like a fractured fibula or something, like it has not been healing well. So that's not good news for him. And then uh, I think the one worry I'd have is that Fat Rob might be – I don't care where he's listed. I I don't know where he fits in this equation, man, the role he does and what Geist will do eventually. I do think part of this has got to be motivation, dude. It's like, you know – so far all the reports I have been reading were roses, uh, you know, from players and coaches. Oh, he looks so good. Oh, he's in pass pro. Oh, he really blocks well. But uh, you know, this is kind of, I don't know, mixed messages here. I think it is part of it. It's like, well, we can't just keep, you know, patting him on the back and uh, everything's roses. Let's give him a little motivation. I think you're right in that aspect. It's a little bit of both to me.
0: And Samaji Perrine is in the mix too. So let's not forget about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suddenly, Washington with the stacked, crowded backfield, at least, to to say the very least. Um, we get it all in here on the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. Breaking it down, Joe Everett, Rick Saratella, bringing you the names you need to know for since 2002. It's a 2019 Pac-12 prospect preview show, and uh, we're just getting into it. Talking seniors. One other senior I will throw out there. Well, you know, listen, Washington, Joe, they had five players drafted last year. Um, We haven't spoken about their safeties. JoJo McIntosh, a senior, um, and then his counterpart, uh, Taylor Rapp. I mean, you could – some people think he's the top safety in the nation. Um, You could definitely state a case for it. I mean, this guy is just a tackling machine, a ball hawk, true nose for the football. Um, So that safety duo back there for the Huskies, I mean – that's got to uh, definitely be accounted for when you're an opposing quarterback, uh, when you're lining up opposite of the, the Washington defense. you got to really know where these two guys are on the field. I think they both get drafted. Tyler Rapp, Taylor Rapp probably the first day or two. JoJo McIntosh probably day three in my opinion. The other guy, uh, in terms of a senior prospect right there in that Washington squad, and we'll talk more about the quarterbacks with Joe, is Jake Browning. You know, he splashed onto the scene. Uh, some people thought, you know, he was destined for the first round, uh, almost like a Jake Locker early on in his career. And then he seemed to kind of struggle um, as his career went on. And, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting case study, Joe. I, I mean, this is a guy like a Chad Kelly who at one time, hey, we said this guy might be a first-round pick, winds up going undrafted. And I hate to be all over the map, but I don't know if this has been out there. Chad Kelly working with Phil Sims during the offseason. I got the lowdown on that. Um, Just for those of you who are interested, he's been doing a lot of work with Phil Sims, Matt Sims, who uh, intends to play in that Alliance American Football League. Uh, So just dropping a little couple nuggets on you. Uh, Chad Kelly outperforming Paxton Lynch at the Broncos training camp, and not just from Justin telling me, but other people there in attendance are saying Chad Kelly's having a heck of a camp. That could be partially due to the off-season work he's been putting in with Phil Sims. Um Chad Kelly we shall see and keep an eye on. Uh, but we talk about Jake Browning, uh, you know, Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year, first team all pac 12 finished six in the Heisman Trophy voting, Joe, but what are his pro prospects? People want to know.
1: Uh, He's a college dude. That's what he is, man. He's a winner in college. He was a winner in high school, and that's why he's at Chris Peterson's program with his OKGs, our kind of guys. We want winners. Well, yeah, he's got a good college player, but I'm not seeing a pro uh, passer. I mean, maybe he holds a clipboard for a long time like Colt McCoy or something, but That is the ceiling, in my opinion. Hey, Jake, if you're listening, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But uh, I think he's had a great career uh, there in Seattle, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he's probably going to end up being the career-leading passer at the end. I think he's only like 1,000 yards away from Cody Pickett. So, that's you know, he'll go down as a great all-time Husky, but uh, I don't see him getting drafted, um, and he'd have to work his way. I mean, I mean, worked his tail off into the into the league, and man, I'm sorry you brought up Paxton Lynch. I hated the pick when we made it, and I still can't stand the pick. And from everything I've read, that kid, all he does is video games. He doesn't care about football, and it shows. It has showed on the field, man. He doesn't care. He's not a lifer. He's a video gamer. And uh, you know mm-hmm. what? We gave him money, and hopefully he lives off that for the rest of his life. But I hope Chad Kelly, I hope Swag Kelly does outplay him, and that's our that's our backup to Case Keenum, because at least having met Chad and uh, you know seeing what he's gone through to get back into ball, he cares, man. He definitely wants it. He knows he made some mistakes early on, and that's a guy uh, I'm definitely rooting for, Chad Kelly. Yeah, well hey, the
0: Esports League now is paying pretty well, Joe, so maybe Pax and Lynch can, can patch on Yeah, get, get <laughs> himself in a Madden tournament or something. But I knew when he faced Temple the year he declared for the draft, he faced Temple. They sacked him about seven times. They were it was a party in the backfield with Tyler Matakavich, Hassan Reddick. I mean, they pound I mean they beat him up bad. And then I went to the postgame uh press conference. Just his mentality, I, I I walked out of there. I said, this kid's a punk. And no offense, Lee Steinberg. I know you rap him. I know you listen to the show. But, uh, hey, telling it like it is, that's what I do. All right, seeing a place to be. Telling it like it is since 2002. Rick Saratella, uh, Joe Everett, breaking it down here for you on NFL Draft Bible Radio. Please share it, click it, like it, feel it, touch it. We appreciate it. Um, talking prospects in the Pac-12. Joe... I think we've covered most of the senior guys. Um Iman Marshall from USC. I don't know if he was senior or junior. Another intriguing prospect because I feel like he's a better free safety prospect and I don't know where he's going to play for the Trojans. I haven't followed up on it um like I should be, but uh your thoughts on Iman Marshall and then any other uh juniors or underclassmen that you would like to discuss?
1: Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Among my, and some other seniors, I forgot. I mean, uh, Marshall, I think he's better for the zone. If he makes it at corner, it'd have to be for that cover two, cover three scheme. Maybe he fits in like Buffalo, Carolina, what they're running. Uh, he might be able to survive out there, but you might be right that uh, it's a move back to center fielder for him. He's just, you know, it's a pretty big kid. I don't know that the side to side movement's reacting. Um and then his teammate Marvell Tell he's the real center fielder I think uh, that's kind of the star of the secondary he looks like a real pro kind of like what Marquise Lee could have been if they left him at DB because like Lee arrived as this should be uh all-time all-american safety and he just kept catching balls we're like well we should just move him to receiver and yeah you guys know the rest of that tale so I think Marvell Tell is uh He's going to stick on defense, but he's real physical. delivers a knockout blow. Uh, I like uh, him looking at when, he, when he gets the ball too. He looks like a wideout when he's running. So I think Tell, he looks like a a pro. Um, the Soso Jamabo from UCLA. I hinted on it before, but I think that Bruins running a game is just going it to is start a big clicking voice. and. To- He's a good-looking player and also a pretty good receiver, too. So I think he kind of reminds me a little mix of Kalen Balazs, Kenyon Drake. Uh, He's not maybe as sudden as Drake, but how they're going to use him, he's going to have a big season. I brought up Chico McClatcher and then, uh, hey, punters and kickers. The people too. So the University of Utah, they churn them out every single year. Uh, Matt Gay, their kicker, won the Luke Groza Award, winner. He's an All-American team kicker, and then their punter, uh, Mitch Wisnowski, same thing, man. And, uh, Ray guy, All-American, huge leg, great program. What they do at Utah is produce men and play defense and special teams. Okay, okay. that's what Kyle Woodingham. Mm-hmm. You can count on that. So uh, yeah, that Matt Gay, Mitch Wisnowski, they got to be, they got to be on. The board because uh, they're both the uh, same school, but they're the top kicker and top punter on the board.
0: Well, you're right about that. They do produce men because after those mission trips, I mean, they're like 25, 26 years old coming out for the trip. Yeah, you know, they're shaving. But you mentioned this Soso Jamambo uh, over at UCLA. You know, he, he really had a, a great freshman season averaged over like six yards a clip and I thought, man, this is gonna be like a big time player in years to come and just never really materialized for him that UCLA backfield, the timeshare committee, um, you know, only two hundred and thirty eight carries in his three year career. Here's a guy who might go on and be a better pro than he was collegiate and again, six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh he's a big between the tackles, bruising type of running back. So, um all right, Joe. I I don't think we've gotten to any of your underclassmen yet, have we?
1: I've oh, been saving it because that's where the the highlight of the show. <laughs> I mean, it's been Justin Gilbert, right? I mean, that's Take kid, it away,
0: my friend. He's
1: uh, he's looking like the top quarterback off the board, and I'm having a tough time arguing it. I've also read that the, he's like gained. He's up to like 240 plus pounds at this point. And uh, when offensive linemen meet him, they comment on how big he is. So that's that's how you know the kid's the pro prototype. Uh, he sticks in there too, uh, delivers uh, delivers the throw even though he's going to take a shot. I, I like the moxie he plays with. It's just uh, the only thing we're reading is whether he's going to kind of turn it on as a, a leader, a little more rah rah, I guess, is needed. But then again, I mean, he he does a lot of things well, and that's that's the point to where. It, in in what looks like a weak quarterback class, I think he's just going to walk in and take it. Uh, He'd have to have a real bad season at this point uh, to knock him out of the first round with the upside. But uh, my favorite underclassman has got to be the receiver from Arizona State. And uh, I'll get into Arizona State maybe a little later. But uh, this Harry, the guy's ripped up like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I think he's the first receiver off the board right now if – If we had to, you know, ballpark it, he's just so dominant in the air. These 50-50 balls to him, they're like 60-40 in his favor. I mean, he's just that big. He can't be moved off his spot in so many cases because he's such a wide body. And uh, getting around the kid, it's like that planetary theory. It takes a little bit longer than other guys. So uh, the one question I've got is suddenness and separation. I can't count the plays where, you know, he – he makes the initial move. He gets past, but the 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 corner recovers. Now, is that a bad throw by Wilkins? You know, lots of judgment to be made. But even after the catch, he's just such a strong runner. I mean, he breaks tackles. Dudes bounce off him. He's spent, He carries guys on his back. He's just like kind of video game. Hey, Kool Aid, strong. You know, he just keeps running right through the brick wall. Uh, that's that's kind of the Harry. So uh, if if I had to ballpark the first receiver up the board, it's him. And then, um, let's see, the other underclassman I like is Troy Dye from Oregon. He's just a real athlete. I think he's real scrawny from what I said. I'd like to see him eat about five cheeseburgers today. But he can run for days. And he even at that that, that slight size and build, he sheds blocks pretty well. I think he gets fooled by play action. I mean, he's, you know, be honest, he's still young. He's still a little raw, but uh, – and then feet through the trash, that's the one knock. He gets tripped up. I'd like to see him pick it up. But, man, how he recovers, what he can do in coverage, and really today's linebacker, you know, it's not Brian Urlacher people are looking for this. ain't Ray Lewis anymore. You're looking for Telvin Smith. You're looking for Miles Jack. You know, you're looking for these guys that can yeah. fly and run out with tight ends and maybe if a slot gets loose – you're going to depend on him, and uh, that's 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 Troy Dye's game. So I think he he's more appealing uh, to defenses today, and then the other Arizona uh, State player. I don't I don't think he's draft eligible, man. But Chase Lucas. Their cornerback for the Sun Devils looks like a player. Real shutdown corner. He's also a little slight, but I think they just got a situation over there in Tempe to where Harry versus Lucas all day in practice and iron sharpening iron. they're just making each other better over there. So that's a real neat, neat thing, I think, going on for the Sun Devils. They need something to be positive about. But um, over in USC, but Michael Pittman's son. Uh, we love the bloodline, so you know we got to get to Michael oh, yeah. Pittman Jr. He's bigger than dad. He's six foot four, two twenty, and I think he's just now a junior. A uh, Really big kid. He's still kind of, uh, I think, breaking into his game. Also a player that's a, just a little bit raw, but he's going to be counted on. That Tyler Vaughn who they've got, they're they're really going to be leaning on them hard as well as Tyler Pettit. Uh, but uh, I think Pittman, he he may be the star of that passing game and. Well, there's just a I Just one other guy I looked into, Jalen Thompson, that safety from uh, Washington State. I uh, that, that's uh, after uh, watching him the last couple of days, moving him up the underclassman board. He's uh, kind of a stocky build, for a D. he looks like a running back out there because just you know, kind of wide. He's got the big arm, but he shows up with that size and, and run support. It's uh, it's not just fake weight. He, he delivers a blow, and he's got a nose for the ball. And he doesn't look like a corner, but there's like some Marcus Peters to his game. The way he tracks the ball, and especially the way he strips the ball, that's just like he's so like Peters. The the the, the dog he's got in his game. When he gets in any proximity, that ball's coming out. He's starting the lawnmower and rip roaring, and you, you as soon as you, before you know it, that ball's just flying in the air. He's just he's he goes out and hunt. He's he's nasty. I love Jalen Thompson's game. At least the three games I've seen. We'll see what he's bringing uh, for his junior season here. But uh, that boy, he's uh, he's definitely moved himself up the board. And I'll close it with my, another Stanford kid, J. J. Arcega-Whiteside. Um, looked into his family. His father. His mother. All his uncles. Played uh, professional basketball overseas in the Olympics in Spain, and that basketball background for Arsego Whiteside shows up. I'm just high point stuff, so natural back shoulders are just old hat for him. He uh, he's got a little bit of get up and go to his game, but another big-bodied wide receiver. You just wonder, man. This this last draft was very unkind to those 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 big tall receivers that didn't test so hot. Well, that that made her break, but made or, uh broke their uh, draft stock because uh, yeah, you you ran anything over a four six zero and and you're tall, it's like sorry, well you we, you may make it as an undrafted free agent. So yeah, test numbers I think would be important for our Sega whiteside but he's another Stanford player. You know, I'll get to their quarterback later, but uh, I think this this Cardinal too man, it's got me pretty hyped.
0: Yeah, it from the sounds of you you know talking to you you're really high on the Cardinals. So um you know, we'll talk more about that. Uh but I agree there's some lengthy, athletic, intriguing players you mentioned the Harry from Arizona State. I mean, he's just an athletic freak at 6 foot 4. Um, Big-time playmaker. You, now I'm a little bit worried because you said Herm was talking to all the running <laughs> running uh, machine coaches. Is, is, is that going to hinder his production? Um, 82 catches, 1,142 yards and eight touchdowns a year ago. Uh, Troy Dye, Joe, you know, we you could talk about Trey Adams. You could talk about Cam Smith, Bryce Love, whatever the case may be. I would not be shocked. I think he's totally under the radar, but I would not be shocked if this kid turns out to be a first-round pick and the best player that emerges from this Pac-12 draft class. I mean, I just love, like you said, the size, the athleticism. Uh, Really, I mean, 107 tackles last year, 14 for a loss, five sacks. They're playing a 43 defense. Um, He's he's a better player than Deion Jordan and Deion Jordan went in, in the first round, uh, maybe even the top 10, top five. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, love what Troy Dye brings to the table. I just think that uh, he's the prototypical NFL linebacker of today. And, you know, he's a, a he's a guy that you really want to know about. He's got a younger brother too, uh, Travis, who I think is a running back on the ducks football squad. So, you know, we talk about the bloodlines, keep a lookout for that. Um, who else do we have uh, Justin Blackman Julian Blackman <laughs> Justin Blackman Where where have you gone
1: Uh oh <laughs> 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 <sighs> Back to yeah.
0: back For <laughs> the Award winner man
1: <laughs> Oh two, two man <laughs>
0: Unbelievable Out of the league But I'm talking about Julian Blackman The Utah Ute uh, Another lanky Lengthy corner uh, Six foot plus uh, almost 200 pounds, a guy that's going to run four three four four forty uh Julian Blackman, under the radar prospect, a name you need to know. Um, you know, Joe, I do – I know you have some other players. I do want to talk some quarterbacks, though, with you. Um, so why don't we do this? Why don't we get any other uh, underclassmen, breakout players, prospects we haven't discussed let's get those guys out of the way and we'll save the quarterback conversation for the end of the show because everybody loves quarterbacks so we want you to stay tuned people it's the nfl draft bible radio show that's what we call a tease i'm working on it fellas uh the pac-12 prospect preview show brought to you by pressure sports check out our good friends at pressure sports always keeping us fresh to fresh fresh to death dressed to impress (laughs) smooth it out rick it's a good line. You know, this is what we do. If you like it, share it, tell your friends about it. Um, you know, this is just straight-up talking draft. That's what we do here uh, on the NFL Draft Bible Radio Show. If you want to get a question in, we talk it all, NFL, fantasy, whatever the case may be, 347-945-6275, 347-945-6275. All my New York people, if you're if you're listening, I'll be in New York next week. I'm doing a couple of speaking engagements all week long, so if you want to link up, if you want to uh, shoot the breeze and catch up, I know I got a lot of, you know, I li- I spent a decade of my life in Astoria, Queens. I got a lot of good friends in New York, a lot of people I haven't seen in a while now. I'm living in the Jersey Shore. I don't want to rub it in anybody's faces, Um but hey, yeah, man. it's like vacation. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, saying, hey, exit eighty two, man. If you're in the Jersey area you wanna come see me, huh? you know. We got the whole uh we got the whole cabana rented out this weekend over there in Seaside Park. So we're we're cabana number four. If you're in the area, exit eighty two, you wanna come hang out with the NFL Draft Bible Familia, uh we're gonna be on the beach starting at nine AM till the sunset. And then it's back over to my place for a barbecue on the late night. So, hey, the more the merrier. Come on through. Uh, let us know. You can get at me, RIC, at com. Of course, we got Joe Everett joining us. Uh, follow him at Joe W. Everett. Justin Gamble could not be with us today. Uh, we do miss his analysis. Maybe we can get an article up on his thoughts about the Pac-12. And, of course, he was at a Broncos camp. Uh, Joe, before we talk quarterbacks, who are some other players that we need to know, my man?
1: Well, since Justin here we got a rep for for our main man, uh I know Justin would be dropping the knowledge on one Stephen Carr, uh USC the running back and We like to give you potential breakouts. I think he's the easiest one uh, simply because, you know, I don't know that he's the Texas Tesla, but uh, when I popped the footage on from last year's USC team trying to watch Sammy Darnold, uh, the fastest player on the field looked to be freshman Stephen Carr Uh, entering as a sophomore this year, uh, just really crazy wheels, uh, stopping, starting. I think that's where it, his game is. And, and, you know, those ESPN highlight reels, don't be surprised. <laughs> You're going to see uh, a young Stephen Carr. I think he's kind of next in that backfield. And then uh, another running back that kind of just showed out, uh, watching Arizona versus Oregon, trying to watch Troy die. And he's chasing around this little run. J.J. J. Taylor, uh, he's a sophomore for Arizona. And it ain't just Khalil Tate over there uh, running the show. This, I think he was the Pac-12 freshman of the year, Taylor. Uh, he looks to be a player. He's a little slight build, another kind of satellite back I'm seeing. But, there could be a potential for this guy to, you know, fit in the league, have, have himself a little role. Uh, already brought Taylor Bonds, and I've been teasing it already. So I'm my man, K.J. Costello, he is a redshirt sophomore by my count. Some sites have him as a junior. I think that's erroneous, but whatever. They run a pro scheme over at Stanford. He takes snaps from under center. He makes pro checks at the line of scrimmage, and understands these protections like he is lining the whole show up and has been doing since a freshman. Now, it's only six, what, seven games from last year. But from what the coaches, from what David Shaw has said, like, th- is this whole playbook is so complex. And the one student they've had that's gotten it from day one and, like, is the master class student is Andrew Luck the closest to him has been KJ Costello. He's basically got the whole offense in his back pocket right now. And I'm just watching him. There's not a ton out there to judge from, but I like how he feels the pocket. He makes good decisions on the run. He keeps his eyes down the field when he's attacking, just surprisingly athletic outside the pocket too. I think that's another guy breakout season. Uh, A lot of people don't think Stanford's got it for this year. Well, this is going to be the guy that comes out of nowhere. It's like, boy, they got another quarterback and it looks like he could be the real deal. I, I released my first mock draft of the season and, uh, you know, it should be a surprise to many, but not to me, man. I, I think he's a potential first-round pick. So, there it is. I'll put it out there and then I'll close it hot out with take, a couple more uh, hot underclassmen. Take,
0: hot pick. <laughs> hot the show, baby. <laughs>
1: Hey KJ Costello, I'm, uh, I'm I'm probably his his one supporter. I'm grabbing the bandwagon by myself, but hey, there's room in the back seat. There's room in the truck, you know. Uh, we're gonna board. keep that I'm wagon going. I'll throw I'll throw some
0: coal <laughs> in the fire. I'm with it, Joe.
1: I'm I'm, I'm ready to go on it. So I, two more though, USC. They're just dripping with talent, and they got another tight end, Daniel Amador Bebe, uh, six foot three. 235 pounds. I don't think he's a real like Y end. Uh, more like a H back. But I like his hands, natural receiver. He kind of had a down season last year, uh, but. I think that's kind of a Delaunay Walker, Jordan Reed type. Really like uh, what he's got, raw athletic potential. It's just you're waiting for the light bulb to turn on here. And I'll close it out with uh, Equinemius St. Brown's brother, Amon Ra St. Brown, a true freshman at USC. I mean, reportedly even a better prospect than Big Brother. He's not nearly as tall. But uh, super shifty, he's he, he's a kick returner, changes directions extremely well, and definitely has better top end speed uh, than EQ. So I think his upside is, is really looking good. And you know, you look at those weapons USC has going. Uh, they just need to get get Darnold replaced, get something going there at quarterback because they got weapons for days, uh, the Trojans. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of talent out there for USC, but yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Uh, I'm, if, 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 if I go down, uh, in blazes with KJ Costello, I'm good with it, man. I'm good with it. <laughs> well,
0: Hey, listen, if Jimmy Clausen isn't a starting quarterback, I'm going to retire Says, hey, says the famous Mel, Mel Kiper Jr. <laughs> Jay, Mel Kiper Jr. I'm still waiting for you to retire, my man. But hey, KJ Costello is um Joe Everett's Jimmy Clausen. Um listen, you you covered a lot of ground there, Joe, uh I and and talk about freshman impact players. But first, Chase Hansen, the Utah, strong safety. I think you should just keep an eye. I know he's coming off an injury, but six two two twenty. Uh this is a former quarterback. And uh, I, I hear a lot of good things about him. Uh, so that was one guy in my notes here. He moved to safety a couple of seasons ago. Now he's a linebacker, actually. So I'm hearing now he's going to be a linebacker. Yeah, moving him to Rover. And that comes straight from an NFL scout. Keep an eye on this kid. Uh, he's going to run really, really well at the combine. Um, but you mentioned, you know, Freshman players, JT Daniels from USC. Uh, He's been taking first team reps. Uh, This is a guy over there with with with, uh, Clay Helton and T Martin that could be starting from day one. And you know, uh, I'm hearing a lot of good things about him. Now, I did want to talk quarterbacks, Joe. Um, Two guys I have for you. Before I do that. I have a quarterback I want to talk about who I actually had a chance to coach when I was living out in Las Vegas. Uh, his name is Dorian Thompson. And this is the first time I'm actually putting his name out there. Cause you know, as you know, Joe, we're the first to bring you the names you need to know. He's going to be a true freshman. He comes over from Bishop Gorman where he was only a one year starter and earned a four star rating coming out of high school. Um, he had offers from Michigan he had offers from just about every college. And when I lived out in Vegas, we had a seven-on-seven, a seven, A2G, seven-on-seven. Seven. Um, and, you know, I was the eighth-grade head coach. My buddy was the high school head coach. And, you know, our our eighth-grade team won it all. They were the best Our high school team went to the championship and lost in a shootout. The biggest regret I had was not starting this eighth grader, Dorian Thompson, on the high school team because he was just that good. And we had three other quarterbacks on the high school team. This kid was better than them all. Um, Dorian Thompson, I think, has a legitimate shot, Joe, to win the starting quarterback job there in UCLA under Chip Kelly. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not just saying this because I coached him. He's got a chance to be something really special. And, you know, if, if he does go on to be a first-round pick three, four years from now, we're going to go back to this show, this episode on August 9th, 2018, and say, hey, you heard it here first because I coached him. He's a special talent and a really good kid. He's not going to get into any trouble. I can guarantee you that. So, um, I'm keeping an eye on that UCLA quarterback competition. I know everybody's talking about the USC quarterback competition, but remember the name, Dorian Thompson. You heard it here first on the NFL Draft Bible Player Spotlight Show. Now, Joe, everybody loves quarterbacks. Everybody looks, likes to hi- hype up quarterbacks. I'm going to throw out two players to you. You tell me what you think. Uh, the first one is Khalil Tate. Okay, dual-threat quarterback, but he's getting a lot of hype here, not necessarily for me, but, you know, I uh, just doing some research, 30% of his passes, I think this was more than any quarterback in college football last year. I could be wrong. 30% of his passes traveled 20 yards or more in the air. You know, what does it really mean from a draft impact status? I don't think so much. I just thought it was interesting. This is a guy, maybe not the highest completion percentage, maybe not the most accurate, but definitely confident in terms of his arm and willing to take shots downfield. So we'll see how he progresses this year. And then the other guy, this Steven Montez from Colorado, you know, I don't have my finger on the pulse like Justin does, who's out there in Denver, and I would I would have loved to ask him his thoughts On the Steven Montez kid But I got a chance to watch A couple Buffalo games And I mean this kid's got A rocket arm Uh, He's got an arm that kind of reminds me Of John Skelton And maybe the consistency too I I mean this kid can put it all together And go on and be a pro quarterback Or you know he can continue in his ways Be inconsistent Struggle with his completion and accuracy and, and, And go on to Amount to a nothing uh I'm not sure what he's gonna be, but I like his upside, I like his potential, I love his arm. Uh I don't know how much you've studied either of these quarterbacks, but your thoughts on Steven Montez from Colorado and of course Khalil Tate, uh the outstanding
1: quarterback from Arizona. Montez is a big kid. I mean that that is for sure. I think he's all six foot five. Um, I just didn't see his kind of suspect accuracy at times, but I mean what, what did he have around him at parts? I, I think it's kind of an interesting year for him, too, because there's a bunch of new pieces, that running back, the transfer from Virginia Tech, and then um, I kind of like that Juco receiver they've got, Jawan Winfrey. I think he's kind of – he could break out of nowhere, but there's uh, – they've got a receiver coming back from injury and into and then McIntyre, so there's weapons there for him. I'm just uh, – or no, Montez, I, I, I definitely admit I have not seen enough of him, to know. Uh, But Tate, I've definitely been watching and I think there might be something there. Call me crazy. Um, Still, it's kind of, I don't want to call it area code accuracy at this point, but it's not like he's got this horrible delivery. Uh, I think there's something to work with and he's just such an athlete. There's, you know, you really like to see if you can get something going with that arm and, you know, looking at his numbers, it was 60% passer. So, I don't think he's a complete claw there. I think uh, Tate, there's so much to work with with those wheels he's got that, yeah, I I think someone will take, you know, it's only got to be one of the 32. Someone's going to take a chance on him and and try. But the the best part about him at this point, I think he's uh, was he just a sophomore. So he's got – no, he's an official true junior. So I guess he could technically be eligible. But this is a guy I would assume – take this year, take next year, improve as a passer, and maybe there's a, a pro career later for you. But uh, as of right now, it's just, I don't know, he's such a rare athlete. Uh, that you just want to see kind of how it pans out. But, yeah, between the two of them, if I'd like to see any of them at the next level, it'd probably be tape. But then again, looking at Montez's size, like six-foot-five quarterbacks don't grow on trees. I mm. do know that.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting because, you know, I think of Tate and then I think back to like Bill Polian's comments about Lamar Jackson, how he should play wide receiver and then Lamar Jackson goes relatively high. I'm just curious, you know, if you're an NFL general manager, are you, are you looking at Khalil Tate purely as a quarterback prospect or do you think that, you know, hey, maybe he he might have to switch positions?
1: Yeah, I think at this point I'd, I'd need to see more as a passer So I'd just say, nope, stone-cold quarterback on our board kind of thing. I think uh, you're right. really looking at him right now as an OW, offensive weapon. Right. Well,
0: there you go. There you have it. Uh, Joe Everett, Rick Saratel here on the Pac-12 Prospect Preview Show, NFL Draft Bible Radio, brought to you by Pressure Sportswear. Uh, Joe, any other players you want to get off your chest? Anybody we did not discuss, any Final thoughts as we wrap up this uh, Pac-12 prospects preview show. I
1: don't know how it brings the circles around back to Georgia somehow, but one last prospect we should bring up. <laughs> They're so <laughs> dripping with talent that they lost Jacob Beeson and still have two awesome quarterbacks in their room. Jacob Beeson yeah. is transferring to Washington. Uh, he's a Husky, Whoa. but he's, of course, going to have to take that red shirt. He will be uh, ineligible this season, but it makes sense. He hangs out on the scout team, watches Jake Browning, buddies up with Chris Peterson and the crew, and then, uh, yeah, 19 that'll be Jacob Beeson's job. So, uh, but then again, it just, I think, speaks to how crazy Georgia is with talent. You know the, the Easton. What was he? The number one quarterback in his class. Yeah. Oh, We lost him to transfer, yeah. but we're fine. We're we're fine. We got Jake Fromm from All State, and <laughs> this new quarterback uh, Fields, I believe. That he boy. He, he looks like he's got a ton of potential as well. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Jacob Easton. There's definitely. I think uh, as far as transfers and finding a home, he found himself a nice home with a good program and one heck of a coach in Washington.
0: Wow, yeah, definitely, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting here as a – just a random thought. uh, Jacob Eason, father Tony Eason. Is that the Tony Eason from the Patriots?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's his dad. Yeah, Tony Eason.
0: Okay. Uh, All right. And the Jets, who was also a first-round pick in that uh, famous 1983 football draft, you know, he he's one of those forgotten quarterbacks in that eighty three draft of uh John Elway and Jim Kelly and Dan Marino and you know, uh Todd Blackledge, great announcer.
1: Oh wait, he is not <laughs> the same Tony Easton.
0: Yeah, that's the Tony Easton in the nineteen eighty three draft, yeah. I I just realized that. Uh, the same it Tony Easton. And they're different
1: so- Tony Eastons. Holy cow, dude! His dad played at Notre Dame and was Tony Eason, but it is not the Tony Eason who uh, played for the Patriots. This uh, so it is that, that Eason went to Illinois. There's two. There's multiple Tony Easons. That is how small the globe is.
0: <laughs> Holy cow! Dude. Okay.
1: Well, hey, we gotta do. My bad. Do, uh, That's my bad completely. Hey, it was a different no, Tony Eason. <laughs> said his dad was need, Tony Eason.
0: <laughs> no, we need a blood test, Joe. We need a blood test.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) We need
0: a DNA swab. Let's wipe the swab uh, from the cheek. And and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? We got a couple minutes to play around with here. I did want to get your thoughts on the hard knocks. I tried to watch it last night, one-eyed open type of style, and, and I fell asleep halfway through it. I did get to see the Jarvis Landry rant. I did not get to see the Todd Kelly Hugh Jackson argument, quote unquote. Uh, have you had a chance to see any of it? And if so, any thoughts on it? Oh yeah, man.
1: I'm. I still am amazed how Hugh got a job one in thirty. Right. And you, you don't get fired. It's a miracle. am If I'm a,
0: If I'm running a team, this is not the guy I want to choose to be my leader of men. I'm just saying.
1: Big smile on his face, everything's yeah. great. You're one and thirty-one. Yeah. You should be pissed
0: from yeah. morning to clean. night
1: until you win it's a game. <laughs> 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 I just don't understand his demeanor. But uh, now I, I I appreciate Jarvis Landry in the message and some of the things he said need to be said because yeah, you heard all the time. It is an infection. It's contagious. It's nasty. You know, like we got to shake that. That's it, it is BS. And then, uh, you know, uh, some of the things, I don't know what went on, but it's changing now. I I agree with some of that, but, like, half of those were F-bombs. Half of that was repeating the same sentence twice in a row, and people say, oh, Mm -hmm. this is moving speech. I'm sorry, speech has to contain mastery of the English language. He was just shouting and screaming. That doesn't really convey <laughs> a message of, like, I need to change. No, it's just some dude who's the highest-paid guy in the room shouting and screaming profanities in my face. And Like, what does that really – I don't know. It, it didn't uh, well, well, Joe, convey well, Joe, a message does it, of change does to it, me.
0: Does it, does it say that maybe we're a little bit out of touch with today's athlete, and maybe that's what does oh, motivate does.
1: today's athletes, you know? Because, if, I, because call, I If mean, that motivates them – I don't understand him. <laughs>
0: well, you know, you know what? I had perfect example, and this is not to say anything negative about Cameron Lewis, the St. Francis playmaking wide receiver, six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pound playmaker who will be selected in this year's upcoming draft. But we had him on the Player Spotlight show yesterday. He said that's why I respect. That's why. He, that's why Jarvis Landry is his favorite player. He'll run through a brick wall for a guy like that. So maybe we're just out of tune with today's athletes i'm just saying i mean it could be possible i mean hey but whatever you want to say did you see i didn't see the part i guess hugh jackson was trying to like give some players rest in training camp which you and i both know after that last cba agreement is like i mean this is like a, a country club today's training camp compared to a Bill Parcells training camp, but he's over here like trying to rest players and give them a day off. And Todd Haley's just like looking at him crooked. I heard just like, w- "What the f are you talking
1: about?" Like, this is training camp. <laughs> yeah, and then it, he addresses it in a in the coaches meeting later. It's like you know what, everybody's living in their fears. I think was one of the quotes, and it's just he 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 said it's like this is soft. Like we're 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 just developing a co- culture like that. And I kinda I, I totally mm. agree with him, but basically in the meeting Hugh shoots him down and kinda says, I'm in charge and you know, like that is what it is kind of thing and like even break the meeting and the just the whole mood of the room is sort of like you could tell after this meeting Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, like, as soon as mm-hmm. Hugh closes out, he screams at his defense, all right, room three, let's go. He didn't listen to one word Hugh said. He didn't listen to a word Todd Haley said. <laughs> <laughs> He's going back in his meeting room like, all right, well, we're going to do on third down, and, you know, we're going to affect the head, stomp his Mr. Head. Greg Williams. But yeah, yeah, exactly, man. He, he You could just tell. <laughs> yeah, The message hey. went in one ear and out the other, and I think a lot well, of those coaches are basically looking at Hugh that way. So, so that I, I think they're a rudderless ship, man.
0: Well, listen, let's be honest. I mean, the the whole dynamic right there, John Dorsey, I think, is just keeping him on board, kind of giving him another extra year of leeway there because he's – I mean, listen, Hugh Jackson's not going to survive another year. I don't care what anybody says. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> Todd Haley and Greg Williams, both of whom have been previously head coaches, have to be looking at the situation like, this guy's a clown. Like – with the cameras in the room, maybe this is dirt chance to show that they're, they're the next head coach of the Cleveland Browns. Cause I know if this organization turns it around, it's not going to be because of Hugh Jackson and how this guy still has a job is unbelievable to me.
1: But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean just, if I'm ever in jail, I'm not calling a I'm lawyer. I'm calling him. Hugh Jackson. <laughs> oh my
0: God. <laughs> yeah. But I'm actually embarrassed for him, Joe. I'm embarrassed for him. You call yourself a leader um, and then, you know um i don't know well that that about does it we we went all over the map today but i hopefully i uh, think we brought you up to speed on the names you need to know for the Pac12 prospects uh a lot of good nuggets here throughout the show if you're just tuning in if you're just catching on on the tail end uh it'll be available in its entirety and immediately after we wrap up it's available on nfldraftbible.com. It's available on iTunes, right here on blogtalkradio.com. If you're listening live, we appreciate everybody who tuned in. And, uh, you know, Justin, obviously not with us today. Uh, We will have him back to do the Big 12 preview show, one more Power 5 conference preview show uh, before the season starts. And then we'll try to do a non- how, you know, I I know Joe loves the action and that conference USA Thursday night football, college football uh that is um always got to get in on some action so we'll try to uh break down some non-power 5 and FCS prospects and of course keep it locked here on blogtalkradio.com. Uh we'll be doing our player spotlight interviews. We also have a series of uh first and 10 segments where we go Uh, 10 questions with uh, top prospects coming out in this year's draft. We have a whole plethora of players lined up for you there. We're just working on uh, organizing this, you know, players, just so many coming in, in the inbox. Uh, Of course, if you want to be a sponsor of this show, NFL Draft Bible radio, uh, throughout the year, we do a weekly show, Uh, We promote it on the social media and Twitterverse. So if if that's something you're interested in, please do contact us, RIC, at NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, you can follow Joe over on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett. Follow us on the Twitterverse, at NFLDraftBible. And until next week, everybody, we'll catch you next time uh, with that Big 12 prospect preview show. Keep it locked.